Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Well, that beginning is as frantic as it was yesterday at the Emirates. Yes, another comeback in a North London derby at the Emirates in North London. It's the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the guys from Gunnerstown, Dave Seeger and Giles Anyam. Have you calmed down, fellas? Yes. Ready the to the talk about it. The adrenaline's finally worn off. My back is absolutely killing me. You're back? Yeah. What happened? All weekend we've been, uh, my family's done, been doing a sort of a two-day event and then in between that period I told the family between two and seven I'm off to the North London Derby <laughs> and then I shot back over to the event and didn't finish up till midnight and I've done my back in lifting f- heavy furniture. So. so in between a big family event you squeezed in yeah. the North London you Derby. You have to, I mean well, there's nothing else to do is there? I, couldn't, I wasn't going to miss it, not this one. I can't, I can't remember the last time I missed one. <laughs> oh really? What, when do you reckon it was the last time you missed a North London derby? Home. Like, At home. home. Like, oh, yeah. crikey. Well, it's a long time. It would, only be if, it would only have been if I was on holiday or something in August, but I don't think we've played them that early in no. the season for as long no. as I can remember. No. So certainly, yeah, but probably seven or eight years, I reckon, since I've missed one. So, fellas, listen, let's talk about the game itself. At 2-0 down at half-time, sorry, 2-1 down at half-time, but when you were 2-0 down, what was going through your mind? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> did you really think that? Because yeah, I watching did. it, I thought Arsenal are going to get back into this. We started off really well. We started off really, really brightly for the first ten, fifteen minutes. But what worried me was Tottenham's. Don't, don't, that front three are very dynamic. They're very fluid, mm-hmm. and they kept on getting in down the sides. You know, Son was like finding space between our right back and our cent- right centre half, and you could see uh, Pochettino. And after I got home and I watched the match of the day, and they even highlighted it. Pochettino was. Every time they were getting a counter-attack, he was, he was motioning, get it down to Son on the right, and there was loads of space. So as the half progressed, I was getting more and more worried by their counter-attacking ability. I don't know about it yourself. Doesn't seem, it doesn't seem... I would have thought Socrates was a good talker. You know, if you said to mm. me, reaction, is he a good talker? I would say yes. But it, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of communication between him, him and Maitland-Niles. No. You know, and no. he's the experienced pro. He should be yeah. telling Maitland-Niles. He should be pulling, yeah. him, pulling him in. I mean, it's like Lee Dixon used to say, you know, you should, in the first 20 minutes of a big game, you should never have more than five metres between the back. You know, yeah. and just basic stuff yeah. like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to be unfair to Maitland-Niles because, obviously, he isn't traditionally a right back. But he's had a long time playing there now. Do you think it's instructional? Because Kolasinac was, I mean... Ka- Kolasinac was also really far up the field. I mean, we were pushing really high up, high line, and then the two, that, they were providing our width because the, the two, I suppose, wing forwards were kind of, kind of playing inside wing forwards. And I just thought that maybe that was instructional well, if and it's in, we took our chances. Well, if it's instructional, then Torreira has to be the deepest of the three, doesn't he? Because yeah. he's the most mobile. And he wasn't. And, and he wasn't, and Shaka yeah. was. So if you're going to play your full-backs high, you've got to have a proper DM, yeah. and Shaka is not yeah. a proper DM. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got... So I, I think can talk about Shaka for the whole show. Too. OK, well, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to get onto that. Gary Neville had quite a few words to say during the game as well. We're going to talk about the starting eleven later in the show. We've got Adrian Kajumba from the Daily Mail. He was at the game. He's going to come on to discuss just what it was like being in the press box there. Some transfers, of course, some transfer talk, it looks like. Mm. Henrik Mkhitaryan is off to Roma. He's There's gone. still been no official confirmed. report, though. It has, mm. it has no, it come in. confirmed during the last hour, yeah. Oh, OK. Well, there we it's go. from their okay. Twitter account, from Roma's Twitter account. Right, but nothing from Arsenal yet, which is bizarre. Yeah. And, and also, some, some varying reports as to whether there's an option or an obligation to buy. Some outlets are saying there isn't one, and some are saying 
that there are. So we'll get into that and then talk a bit more about what else is coming up after the international break. But that's starting 11, fellas. What were your thoughts on that? Um, I was surprised that Willock was set out that game. I was surprised to buy it. Well, no, actually, I wasn't surprised to buy it out of the game, considering his performance against Liverpool. I was a bit surprised that Willock set out the game, to be honest with you. Um, I wasn't surprised he went with a free. But I just think any combination we have of a free or a double pivot just doesn't, it's not effective enough. I don't think, I, I think the two boys, Willock and Genduzzi, they're young, they're still growing. is still growing. You know, in that first half, I thought he kind of passed him by a bit. He, he passed well, but, you know, it was a big massive, it was a massive undertaking for him. I thought Xhaka um, in that DM role, as Dave said, it just didn't work. It just doesn't work. He's not mobile enough. I know why he's in there, because he's a unit. He gives us a bit of height. He's a good passer, but defensively, I think there's too many, there's too many holes in his game. I, th- I think, we, I think we're, we're worryingly looking at another Vermaelen situation. Mm. I think Emery's made Xhaka his main man. Mm. He's captain on the field. How and, you drop him? and he's finding it hard to drop him. I think if he wants to play 4-3-3... Shaka's not. If he's going to play four-two-three-one, I can mm. handle Shaka and Terreira. If he's going to play four-three-three, he's got to have more creativity and pace in that midfield, and it has to be Sabayas, Guendouzi, and Terreira for me. And uh, but that I just can't. He has made brave decisions. I just think he's wedded himself to Shaka for some reason. Do you, do you think? So, play, you, so sorry. Go on, go on. Just in terms of the fact that he went with that three up top, so he had your Pepe, your Lacazette, and Aubameyang. The argument is there, right, to suggest if he's going to do that for the first time, that he's basically been more cautious in midfield, which is why you had Torreira and Guendouzi starting with, with Jackie. It wasn't until Lacazette came off and you brought on um, Mkhitaryan and Ceballos that you had a bit more creativity in midfield. But starting with those three up top, does he have to be more cautious in midfield? No, I don't think no. so. I just think I just think Ceballos has to play because he's the creativity. Mm. And also, I know we just tweeted about this between ourselves because I've seen a lot of people and it really winds me up and I know it. Well, I've just mm. seen that it was... Gwendouzi is not holding midfield play. Yeah. He's never been holding midfield play. He's not a defensive midfield player. He's a box-to-box midfielder. And I don't know why people think, it's oh, very he started with three defensive yeah. midfield players. No, he hasn't. He started with one defensive midfield player, one pressing midfield player, and a box-to-box midfield player. I just think it's the wrong combination, Shaq. Mm. I just think there has to be more creativity. If, if you're going to keep those three up, it's got to be mobile, but one of them's got to be a creator. Do you, do you think he is worthy? I mean, he spoke really well of Xhaka after the game. He, made, you know, he, makes, he made one or two mistakes, but you know, he was really proud of his performance. So do you think he's just saying... I, I don't get the impression that he's just saying it to, to, please, to, to please the crowd. I, I think he actually... I think he believes in... I think he wants to believe in Xhaka. No, I don't. I think he wants to believe in Xhaka. I think, I think we're in a situation like we, like we were with Ozil. He just... If it's a... Court, if it's a slow game and we're not being pressed, mm. he can. He's like Arteta used to be. He can dictate a game. Mm. He's, his passing's good enough. His vision's good enough. It's just when, it, it's, when it's a derby and it's hurly-burly or when we're playing against one of the top sides, he's just not mobile enough. He's just mm. not mobile enough. And Torreira has to mm. be. I know Torreira can press well, but if we're going to play in the three, he's got to be the one who's yeah, sitting I, in front I don't of the like him. I don't like him in advanced or wide no. positions. I like him at the base. where he, That's where he made his name at, at Sampdoria. That's yeah. where he's best deployed. That's where he, we should be playing. But they played with a two with Priat playing yeah. further forward, yeah. didn't they? He's gone yeah. to Leicester now. So, I don't know. I don't know whether... I just. I was very surprised. I thought he would go 4-2-3-1. I thought Pepe and Aubameyang would start wide, but mm. I thought Ozil or Sobias would come in in the 10 row and I thought we'd start with the double pivot I really did I, I thought they would go with the, the front three I, I wasn't surprised he went with the front three and I, was, I, but do I, we, I expected it yeah I expected them all to play mm. but I didn't necessarily accept in it. that formation yeah. Yeah. I just think 
I've heard on uh, one of the other shows today on Love Sport whether whether he has to whether he has to find a play a way to play Aubameyang through the middle with Lacazette. And I know we've talked about this before because I don't want to go back to a three. Mm. But I just think Aubameyang seems happy being happiest, wide and coming in. He's happiest but, in, in, in the middle. But day, he's yeah. a poacher. He d- he doesn't want to be there. You could yeah. just you could tell, like you said, he he's happy enough. He's content. Mm. But after a while, he's not going to want to be there, if, especially if he's not getting chances. He did expose Davinson Sanchez, by the way, who mm. did not have a good game yesterday. It's funny that because some I was I read uh, I saw a, a tweet from Alistair Gold at Football London. He's a Tottenham correspondent, and he was saying that. He thought Davinson Sanchez was one of their four best players, along with Harry Winks and uh, Ericsson and um, whoever else it was. I can't remember. Interesting. I hmm. don't know. I just think that he was he was exposed yeah. I in, so. in not being a right back. They've got yeah. real problems in that position, as yeah. we know. But we're not going to talk too much hmm. about Spurs. Just in terms of the substitutions, fellas, a lot Haven't was said... we got said... a section on Harry Kane being a cheat in the show? <laughs> <laughs> we're, de- we're definitely going to get onto that. Don't you worry about that. Plenty, <laughs> plenty of opinion on that penalty that wasn't given, of course, correctly not given. But the substitutions, there was a bit of discussion as to why... Ozil didn't come on, Warriors Nelson didn't come on, Mkhitaryan obviously mm. did come on and he's now left the club. What's their sentiment in that, do you think, from Emery? Am I seeing that completely no. wrong? He's I, actually brought him on thinking he might impact the game. I think he must have brought him on to, to try and impact. If there was a sentiment, he would have played Nacho. He didn't. He played Kolasinac. Well, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's a reason mm. to bring on um, Ozil in a wide position. Mm. He could have, if he wanted to keep the same formation, Reese Nelson would have been the obvious substitution. You're right, and I have no idea why he bought on Mkhitaryan. Why does it? Why does he play Mkhitaryan? Because Mkhitaryan's is, he probably he possibly thinks Mkhitaryan's the only one that can kind of travel with the ball. Well, Reese Nelson can travel with the ball, but Mkhitaryan's supposed to be the player that can travel with the ball. I mean. I was having a discussion with somebody on Twitter a few weeks ago and they were saying that there's only two players in the team that can carry the ball. That was Iwobi, who's now gone, and Mkhitaryan. So, and he kind of, he's, he's they, people see him as the kind of guy that can knit mm. the play together, especially with Aubameyang. You know, so I'm thinking maybe that's the reason why he brought him on instead of Ozil or Nelson. But it just doesn't work. You know, it just, it, it, he hasn't worked. It just I'm Never. so, uh, to be honest with you, I actually am disappointed though because I really, really was so pleased when we signed Henry McTarrion. <laughs> I just think he's such a good player. He has been such a good player. I just don't know what's happened. Uh, and I think it's a real, yeah, maybe Mourinho ruined him. Typical Man United thing. But then I just, I just, <laughs> I just really wanted him to succeed so much. Even when he, even recently, I still wanted him to succeed. I probably gave up on him at the end of last season. I gave up on him well before then. Yeah, I was never a big But there's fan definitely a player in there. Good luck to him. I hope he does mm. well. He's, I don't think he'll be, uh, you know, he'll be cheered if he came back. I think. I don't think he's unpopular. Mm. You know, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it was too early for Ozil to come into the game of that temperature. He's not been seen so. He's not been seen so far this season. So, and he, when's the last time he came as an impact sub, and impacted a game? I don't. You know, when's the last time he impacted any game? Whether he started or <laughs> came on as a sub. Well, a couple more points just mm. to end on this opening segment, chaps. You mentioned the penalty. Mm. Just your thoughts on that and you I, I'm presuming neither of you think that it was a penalty what are your thoughts on that because Harry Kane has since come out and said you know oh the dive you mean <laughs> I thought you meant the penalty <laughs> yeah I thought you were talking about the penalty that was given I thought yeah. we were going to talk about Shaka again <laughs> no 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 I mean that alone in mm. itself mm. no one's conceded more penalties since Granit Shaka came into the Premier League mm. from his debut so that Six. speaks for itself really a, yeah a, a ridiculous Sliding tackle in that area. You just don't know what you he's thinking. I was, watching it, penalty, I, I was watching it back again and again, thinking well, there must have been a reason. Maybe Son done him a few moments earlier or something like that. He was resting. Red I just, I just can't, I can't fathom why he did that. He wasn't going towards goal. 
I just, I just, uh, we've all played football at some level or another. I just can't, I just cannot fathom why he would do that. No, I was, I'm, I'm still angry with this. Still angry. I've got to say, fellas, I did think that you were going to be slightly more upbeat today. What's the feeling like after this draw? Because I sense that you both see it as as two points dropped. I honestly thought, we, I honestly thought we were going to win that comfortably. Genuinely did before the game. Did you? Yeah. I was with someone in the pub who put. £10 on a Pepe to get a hat-trick and I was considering putting the same bet. <laughs> wow, that's well, ambitious. Well, what we were saying is, and I, I agree, we both agree with this, this is my yeah. friend was, that he's he's going to be a streaky player. So like, like when Henri didn't score for the first mm. eight games and then he did and he never stopped. Mm. I just get the feeling when the first one hits yeah. the back of the net from Pepe, he's confident it's going to go for I think the a game. lot of people think that. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he, he goes, could be yeah. one of the most exciting players. Yeah, right. He's the first player we've had that is the sort of player that you you're leaning forward in your seat as soon as the ball yeah. comes to him. You get off like, like, like you used to with yeah. Rocky, Rocky I, back in the days. I, I think at the moment we, we really do depend on the front two. Yeah. If they score, then there's a chance we'll win the game. But what I saw was there's a second layer. In that second half, there's a second layer. I think Pepe is going to rise to once he starts scoring. So by us, if he stays, just thinking he's a little bit of adaptation time. But his energy that he brought onto the when he came on, was it just lifted the whole place, especially Guendouzi. I think those three players are going to be the players that come up that we will see grab they've got the character to grab the game and push the game forward and and and, and maybe help the front two in terms of winning games. Well if 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 he's going to play the 4-3-3 on an ongoing mm. basis then Sabias has to be one of the three. Yeah yeah. But I think if he actually leaves Torreira sitting full time and when we've got the full when we got our first choice back four. Mhm. I think I think I think not only will Sabaya score a lot of goals. I think Guendouzi can add goals to his game as well because he gets in the positions. Mm. And, yeah, uh, I think he's he's the, he, and he's the he, you say other players he covers ground very quickly yeah, he when does. he's in full stride. Yeah, he does. He does. I'm he not does. gonna I'm not gonna make the comparison, but you know, yeah, those no, long legs. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. I, I, there was the a lot, there's a lot to like about his second <laughs> half performance. I thought. Um, well, he won one of the match, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I thought it was you know he got uh, he got what it was about. You know, especially when Deli Ali came on, he was he was in his face. He was he was in the Tottenham players' face. He gets it. He's a nuisance. He he want he wants to he wants to rile them up. I just thought he understood the whole the concept of the London North London do you derby. Think he, do you think he's worried? Going back to the Shaka thing, but in the same conversation, if he took Shaka out and mm. played with Sabias, Torreira, and Guendouzi, mm. our most senior midfield player would be twenty three. Yeah, and, I, I, and that's a young yeah. midfield, and not the, only to, that, to compete at the top of the not only that, there's not a lot of muscle in that midfield. Then you take it's a very creative midfield, but in terms of playing teams like Tottenham, Liverpool, um, you know, and teams like that, whether there's there's they're playing full-grown men, it's a bit risky. But it is. But just, then Shaka's just as risky. Just lastly on this, one of those midfielders, Lucas Torreira. I don't know whether you noticed when you scored the equaliser. He was completely unmoved in the dugout. I don't know whether you can read anything into this. Oh, yeah, Emery's yeah, going crazy. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. jumping about. Torreira, not even a sign. Didn't even bat an eyelid. Uh, well, yeah, because he was annoyed to have been taken I off. I would imagine he was annoyed that he'd been Because look dragged. at the way he reacted after he scored the fourth goal last exactly. December. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, didn't bat an eyelid. No, but I did notice when he was, I was saying at halftime, I mean, even before halftime, change your boots. He must have slipped up about four or five times. I don't know if it was moulded boots or whatever. He was. I don't think he had a great game. I think he deserved to be taken off, actually. Mm. I, I think that was one of his poor games, you know. Yeah, this is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. We're going to be speaking to Adrian Kajumba of the Daily Mail next. Love Sport. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. Me and Matt Beadle here with the guys from Gunnerstown, Dave Seeger and Giles Anyam. Right, I am positively giddy 
at the fact we've got Adrian Kajumba, Daily Mail football <laughs> reporter, on the line right now to discuss more about yesterday's North London derby. Adrian, you were at the game yesterday reporting for the Daily Mail. What was it like in that press area? What was the feeling around the stadium? Well, I mean, it's a North London derby, so, um, you know, there's that natural buzz whenever this game comes around. And obviously, since Tottenham's rise, it's like in the last few years, it's become an even bigger fixture that the two teams are more of an even kill, if you like. And, and, and this one, you're going into this game, you couldn't quite call it whenever you come into the North London derby. I think that's what that's what has become clear in the last few years, that whenever you try and predict the twain's going to go, it tends to go the other way. And I think that's what happened a little bit yesterday. You know, Spurs were the ones who came into into the game under a little bit of a cloud and just the way Pochettino has been talking, the issues that have been sort of surrounded them. Arsenal had the home advantage. You see, thought yesterday was just going to be Arsenal's day. And what happened is Spurs who waited until the 2-0 lead before being pegged back. So it's just a game that is just getting increasingly harder to predict the North London derby. And it did disappoint as well yesterday. Adrian, it's Dave Seeger here. Um, were you, I mean, what was the feeling when you see the team slightly poor us probably but what was the feeling when you saw Emery's selection and he was well firstly that he was going to pay the big three up front but also the sort of the three in midfield did that surprise you that Sobias wasn't playing for example what was the, yeah, what was the reaction the two biggest, they, well, they're, the, they're the two big issues as you, as you mentioned there exciting to see Pepe Abameyang, um either side of Lacazette um, but then you did look at that mid, midfield three and you just thought it was maybe just lacking a little bit of creativity in there third, you know, maybe slightly different option to, to what the other two offered. And obviously you see Ceballos when he eventually comes on, he you know, he came on. Arsenal had their tails up at that time because Lacazette had equalised just before half time. They had a bit of momentum but then he lifted them again well and just helped them dominate that, you know, in the period of the game even further before they got the equaliser. Um so maybe when Emery is reshaping his side as the season goes on he may look at if there does come an occasion where he's thinking about that three again, he'll probably remember how maybe it was just that that kind of creativity lacking, and that's obviously what they brought Sabayos for. So although he's got the, you know, having those top three, it's you know your your goal threat is there, your your attacking threat is there, but what what you looked at, or what you thought when you saw that Arsenal team was just who's actually going to supply them, who's actually going to who's actually going to provide them with the bullets, and that was that was, that was the problem maybe with, with the, the side they picked at the start. Adrian Giles here, your opinion on uh, Xhaka, <clears throat> what he might what he might have been thinking making that tackle and basically uh, Emery's sort of defence of him after the game. What are your feelings, your opinions on that? That tackle, that tackle, that tackle. Just puffed <laughs> my cheek. There's so many things wrong with it. Obviously, he got it wrong in the first place. But then even, if you even go back before that, the ball that was played back in, I think, by Son was actually going backwards. Mm. Um, mm. And it's, it's only tackled, so you know, Son, Son was going backwards. The whole play was going backwards. You're in the penalty area. You don't need to leave the, the ground if you like. Make a sided tackle in those circumstances. And the problem with with Zeta, if, if maybe it was a one-off, you maybe let him off. But where he just, uh, I think I saw a stat earlier on about the number of penalties he's given away more in the Premier League than anyone else since he came to England. You know, it's. It's, it's something, you know, needless, brainless tackles that he keeps doing. He, he, he kind of run out of um, patience, giving him the benefit of the doubt, and you just think there's something wrong with this guy if he keeps doing this time and time again. Um, you know, he makes his challenges and he's got this, look, this, this sort of look on his face, which almost goes on, no, I've done it again. Mm. It's almost like he knows when he makes his kind of tackles. Um, obviously, you know, Emery, there's only so much um, he can say or is going to say in those circumstances. Jacques, I know he's made a big mistake 
um, and he always doubled in his manager coming out in public after him in in his own sort of way. Emery, you know, mentioned the word mistake and you know, not not kind of you know basically using your head in, in in the right circumstances during a game such as that. So, in as much as he can, he made it clear it was a mistake. Um, maybe behind closed doors, he'll be saying a lot stronger with Jacker than what he said publicly. I've, I've, this season, one thing that struck me, uh, especially the two games against the big teams, is they've been individual errors, and they've been they've been coming from our our experienced players. You know, you know, you look at uh, David Luiz last week, and then this week you've got I don't know what Socrates was doing for the first goal. That's a simple that's a simple shot. It's a, bit, it's a simple shout. You know, that's that's got to be Jacker's ball. You know, and and then obviously you've got um, Leno spilling the ball as well. I mean. But how often? I mean, how much does that undermine our sort of or Emery's kind of game plan? Well, it, it does, and it has um, for a very, very long time at Arsenal. The, the kind of you know lapses at the back that they've had—it's almost something that they can't shake. Almost no matter who's in charge and, and who are the you know the individual personnel making up the defence. Socrates, I agree. Um, I, I don't know what he was doing going for that that header when there was already I think it was Zaka challenging Kane. At the time, it was almost like Kane's my man. I'm the one who's going to win every battle. I'm going to start my authority on this individual duel. Um, but then, you know, he just ended up causing a confusion. David Luiz stepped out at the wrong time as well. Again, trying to gamble, put it wrong. Spurs get in and score. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a massive issue. I mean, we were talking last night. Um, I was talking last night with some friends and wondering if, you know, we, we thought coming into the season it's going to be Socrates plus one. That plus one at the moment ended up being Luiz. And then you think, well, Holden's coming back right, at some point, so maybe he'll end up being the one who partners Socrates. But when you look at the mistakes, as you say, those senior players are making, you wonder if it's going to end up being Holden plus one. Mm. Once he comes up, then, you know, ends up being back fully fit and, and, and up and running. In terms of Leno, I mean, Leno kind of gets himself out of jail and you know, makes amends with a couple of big saves. Um, I think there was talk that he may have slipped for the first one, um, left leg gateway. I've not quite seen that. I just saw talk of it earlier on. Um, on social media, I think generally, very, very generally, Leno has done very well to almost establish himself as number one. Um, and I'm afraid he made a mention of somebody else, some other goalkeepers wouldn't be able to, to make. One of the things we were talking about just before you came on, Adrian, was that, that we're slightly concerned that with this sort of ridiculous sort of five captains thing, but we don't really know who the ki- captain is, but he does seem to have wedded himself to Shaka. And we were almost. It could be another Vermaelen situation where you know you make club captain a player who really shouldn't be in the side, um, and Shaka might stay in the side because if he's going to play a three, Torreira for us needs to be the deepest one. He's the most mobile. Yesterday, Shaka was the deepest one, and he's just not. He doesn't understand how to press very well, and he's not press resistant. You know, in that deepest position, which is a concern. But he's wedded to him because he's made him effectively his on-field captain at the moment. I must admit, I was quite surprised by that when they did line up. When you were looking at the three, I did actually think Torreira was going to be the deepest in the three. You know, Gwendolyn on the right and Zaka on the left-hand side, and so that's his natural side, but it, it turned out to be totally different. Um, I think maybe with the five captains, he, he kind of actually gives himself a little get-out. <laughs> um, well, Nacho is one, so he's got a promotion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's one problem. I was on the tour um, with Arsenal in America actually during the summer. We did talk about wanting to have an English player among the five, and obviously naturally you're then thinking that that's going to be Rob Holden. Again, he's still got to come back. Um, whether Rob Holden will end up being the sort of captain who has the, the command and respect to that, just to take that role this season, maybe too soon, maybe even beyond that too soon. 
And I think it's notable that he's not actually, when we've, when we've been in press conferences and actually quizzed him specifically on the captain, he's not actually said who the number one is for a start. Um, and I believe the, the, the programme notes so far have just been sort of working with wrestling as opposed to captain. Mm. So I think they're trying to keep it very loose and not actually um, name anyone specifically as the, as the first choice for that group of five. Maybe because he's indecisive um, and because he didn't want that situation last year where he had it and obviously the group ended up falling apart and then, you know, in the summer he's having to ask questions about what does it mean about the guys you pick, you know, what does it say about the group you picked and mm. all making him captain and then a few months later they're off. Um, so if, I, you are, uh, if, if you ask, yeah, if you ask the fans, I'll tell you who the fans want. Fans want Hector Bellerin to be captain. Mm. You know, and that's enough again, another issue. You've got to wait for him to come back. Mm. And how long take, I think um, he's obviously, a, you know, he had the same injury as Holding, but he's the one who's going to be back later. So that's back and, and able to play next month. But how long before he's back fully fit and able to play every week? You know, you may not be looking until the you know, end of November, start of December before he's even in a position to do that. But I mean, yeah, you know, you've got Bellerin coming back. It, it may end up being a situation that's better and resolved next season. Yeah. Um, then it was this season, and they just got to kind of muddle through in terms of the captaincy. Adrian, thank you very much for joining us, boss. That was Adrian Kajumba, Daily Mail football reporter, who was at the game yesterday. Interestingly, he did say it's becoming increasingly more difficult to predict what happens in the North London derby. It is incredibly unpredictable. I think the one thing that we do know is that Spurs have dropped 42 points from winning positions in the Premier League against Arsenal. That's 11 more than against any other side in the competition. So you do have that hold over them. Of course, they've only won twice at Arsenal in the Premier League. I think once in 27 years, of course, that game in 2010 and the previous one being the inaugural Premier League season. But North London Derby... You are a font (laughs) of information. (laughs) (laughs) The North London Derby is unpredictable. We are going to be talking about that next. This is Love Sport. Yep, it's the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the guys from Gunnerstown, Dave Seeger and Giles Anyan. We've got about 28 minutes of the show left to go. Now, the North London derby is an incredibly unpredictable beast. The argument or the debate has arisen, chaps, as to what is the best derby in the Premier League at present. Now, when we're talking about derbies, I don't want to touch on rivalries. I don't want to go to Palace, Brighton. I don't want to go to Manchester United and Liverpool because they're not local derbies in terms of local derbies you've got the Manchester derby you've got the Merseyside derby you've got the North London derby you could squeeze Wolves and Villa in there mm. but in terms of Birmingham local derbies, the real it is yeah mm. I know but two like Midlands yeah. based yeah. clubs you could kind of say that is mm. a derby and it will be fierce when they play each other mm. but the North London derby is is out there right streets ahead of the rest at the moment in terms of entertainment as you say unpredictability I can't remember the last time we've had a really poor North London derby you know, it doesn't need. It doesn't. Well, need it wasn't poor from out. I think when Rizicki scored, it was one yeah. nil, and we just yeah. defended for ninety minutes. Yeah, but that one, was, that was low, quite an intense <laughs> game. That <laughs> was <laughs> that was an intense game. But the two five mean? twos were yeah. probably two of the best games I've yeah. ever been. The to. four four was. Oh my god! Do you know what I mean? You know, so. I was in the queue for the tube. We were four two up because I had a really young <laughs> no. son with me. Well, I'm not bothered about missing the <laughs> tube. So we were four two up, and I was in the queue at Arsenal, and you could hear it. It was like hybrid. I could hear. It. What was that? And everyone's like, Oh my god! They've got a third one. Two back. Thirty seconds later. Now they're. Oh my God! They've equalised. <laughs> we're buzzing. Yeah. We're buzzing. Yeah, we're buzzing. We've got a lot of two two-hour journey home. Oh God! Good on David yeah. Bentley. And uh, the, I think. Uh, I, oh, sorry. I think even the 
there was the, the, the clash in the early noughties as well, around 2004 as well, wasn't there? The, was it 5-3, 5-4 five, 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 at White Hart Lane? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, was, yeah. That, was the one at White Hart Lane when Adebayor scored that sort of bicycle oh, kick. Yeah, the edge. Oh, yes. yeah. There have been some absolute humdingers. Humdingers, yeah. real humdingers. And, yeah, and, and what Giles, Giles was saying, it's true, a lot of the... The Man City Man United ones haven't been great of recent years. There was the Rooney overhead kick one mm. that was a great and one. The six one. And then yeah, there's been a few, but mm. uh, but the other one, there's certainly the, the they get this huge build up for Everton mm. Liverpool. And back maybe five ten years ago, you know when it was the Gerrard Carragher Murphy time, there were some crackers there. But I can't really remember too many brilliant Everton Liverpool games in recent years. It no, was, you know maybe one nil and a sending off is pretty much par for the course in that one. So it's yeah, definitely we've had the uh, yeah. excitement in our one. Yeah. Producer Joss just said when Michael Owen scored the winner in the Manchester Derby. Fair comment, but that was 2009. So a long, long time ago now Mm. when you think about it, like 10 years ago, in fact. Almost to the day, I would imagine. But you're right. I think in terms of competition, it's you just don't know what the game's going to bring. And it is so fierce and the rivalry is so strong. And the fact that the the two teams are so close. Now Mm. I can say that without you getting angry. I mean, they are are so close. And And it's different when Man United are so far behind Man City. And and Everton are so far behind Liverpool. And there you go. I was having a go at you then. You didn't rise at all, did you? No, 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 not at all. Because it's it's absolutely true. They are. The two Manchester clubs are poles apart. Mm. Everton are poles apart from Liverpool. Liverpool. Everton seem to be improving this season, but they're still way off where they are. So Mm. those two derbies, whilst you like to think, oh, okay, something might happen in this game, invariably it doesn't it goes the way you expect yeah. it to go mm. like you said you expected Arsenal to win this one mm. and before you know it you're 2-0 down yeah but we were last year as well we were down last year Four, two, we, were one down, down, we were down 2-0 yeah. in the 5-2 yeah. 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 <laughs> so the, the first 5-2 anyway so yeah I just want to quickly touch on Bernd Leno as well because a lot of people have you been talking you know more about goalkeeper than us but... yeah okay well I'm interested to hear your views mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the stats did come out as soon as that first goal went in highest number of errors leading to goals in the Premier League since last season Arsenal are the highest team at 13 Leno is the highest player at 6 I'm not having that as an error no that I think you've got, to excuse, you've got to excuse keepers I think I think you've got to excuse keepers is different from I mean they're it's, 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 the, it's a specialist position you know, um, it, it depends. It, it depends on the quality of shot. You know, the angle. There's so many factors and variables in that come for me that come into play. That you know, they're going to make errors, or they're going to. You know, you might miss the odd one through the legs, or you know, there's there's too many variables for me to say that he's a weakness. You know, I think generally, if you if you're facing 20 shots a game, which he did last season. You know, yeah. you're gonna. You know, it's it, the 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 law of uh, probability That's, says that you're gonna. I'd also you say know. he's 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 saved us a lot of points yeah. as well as he might have <laughs> he might have let in a few goals, but he's 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 made some miraculous oh, saves without in a shadow game. Of a he's, doubt. he's one of the most agile shot stoppers in the Premier mm. League for me at the moment. There was a ridiculous, an utterly ridiculous report in the mirror yesterday about the seven things we learned from the North London Derby. You know those classic kind yeah. kind of articles, clickbait and all the rest mm. of it, uh, which claimed that the Arsenal coaching staff probably cannot wait to get rid of Bernd Leno. That, that Jens Lehmann, they probably are hoping, even though Jens Lehmann was such a rash character, that they'd love someone like him in goal at the moment because of Bernd Leno's errors that he seems to be doing. Like I said, that is subjective. Uh, uh, who wrote that? I, I don't know the name of the chat, to be fair. I didn't, what I didn't is your, get that What part. is your opinion on, on goalkeepers and errors? I mean, that sort of thing. Well, I, in terms of that particular mm. incident, no, I don't think that's an error. I, like you said, it can only be subjective. If that first goal goes in, if the first shot 
from Eric Lamella goes in, yes, I'm saying that's potentially an error. But when, when, when you look where Bernd Leno was and the fact that he was backpedalling, he was off balance. So to then have to dive to your right when you're slightly off balance and you can see the way his left leg cocks out slightly, he's slightly off balance. And all the calls, especially from the pundits and the co-commentary, Gary Neville saying he's got to parry that away. Sol Campbell, he's got to parry that away. When there's no power like there wasn't on Eric Lamella's shot. It's very difficult to parry that away. I heard Richard about it on breakfast this morning. Oh, there you go. Who should know? And he said exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. And we spoke about it earlier, to be fair. And it's, it's just impossible. And yes, could he have gathered it? Yes, he could have gathered it. But it was... And some, some goalkeepers probably could. But you're talking top, top-end goalkeepers. The majority of goalkeepers in the Premier League right now wouldn't have been able to have collected that cross. So, like you said, a number of variables. Had a defender been following it in yeah. with Christian Eriksen, mm. they would have cleared it. Mm. So it's not an error. And if Bernd Leno, Bernd Leno has conceded five errors before that, he should stick on five because that is not an error in my opinion. That's book interesting because I, I did put it down as an error from him, but listening to your, I don't know, I have to listen back to Richard Lee's comments as well. Um, then, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I, my, my initial thought was he was a bit leaden footed, like he was a bit. You know, I don't know what he just didn't have no power to. Well, maybe like, his position was wrong, starting position. Well, as, as he set, he's diving back on himself, so right. he's backpedaling. So when he's set, he's diving. So it's very difficult to then generate the momentum to get down mm. to your right to collect that and and, and hold it. Mm. Obviously, I think that's what he was trying to do, but it just slipped out of his grasp. Right. So partly a mistake, but definitely not like a, a full-on error leading to a goal. Mm. Yeah, but no one was tracking Ericsson, you're right. And that, yeah. that's, that's yeah. schoolboy. Yeah, that, so. absolutely. You did mention Richard Lee, who does host our breakfast show on Breakfast This Morning. They spoke to James Benj, senior writer for Football.London. We referenced Matteo Guendouzi mm-hmm. earlier. He said not many better midfielders are in the Premier League right now. I think it's really worth noting, I know I mentioned him just back then, but how fantastic Matteo Guendouzi has been. I think a 20-year-old, he's only played sort of 50-odd games for Arsenal. Before that, he was playing in the French second tier. And right now, I don't think there are many better midfielders than him in the Premier League. Uh, I think he showed what he can do in attack with that pass over the top for Aubameyang's goal. And there are so many other things as well. A, a really fantastic player and uh, he's got a lot. Now, I like those quotes from James. I do think they're slightly controversial. Not many other better midfielders in the Premier League right now. Would you agree with that? i say under 21s. I would but definitely. That, there certainly aren't many Betty 20-year-old 20, 20 yeah, ones. Yeah. Um, um, in terms of midfielders as a whole, you've got the Man City, but you've got Liverpool. But it's a bit. I, I like James. You know, I, for me, I wouldn't say he's one of the best. There's not many better in the Premier League. I think there are a few. Mm. I, I tell you, I, 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 I revise his quote, and I'll, when I say James, I'll tell him there aren't many central midfielders in the league with a higher ceiling than Matteo Guendouzi. Would be the right statement. I okay. think I think that's so true. potential. Yeah. I, th- I think also they did a, st- a study or research last season he, of the under 23 in Europe he was one of the top I think I can't remember well there was, was rumours that PSG would, were willing to spend 70 million yeah, this summer there was yeah you know, that, that yeah. is crazy money excuse yeah. me yeah. Yeah. yeah PSG were rumoured to be Don't to bring considering him back to a France. 70 million pound bid for yeah. Guendouzi 70 million pounds that's how good people yeah. think he's going to be wow. I, I, and I heard that Arsenal would only consider an astronomical amount yeah. to, to, they to really it. really yeah. rate him Wow. Well, you can think. I mean, look, you've got to look at the situation. He was on t- on the under twenty one duty, same as other players who were on international duty. Torreira's eased back in. Other players are eased back in. Guendouzi's in the first game. He's barely mm. played pre season. Emery wants him in the team. Yeah, you know, uh, he loves him, mm. <laughs> and you can see why. He's got everything. He's just he's just so athletic. He is is 
the only thing is, and Charlie who's on this show, you know Charlie, his dad, he's a, he's a coach and his dad Mark's a coach. And I was with Mark, his dad, at the weekend and he was saying, the, what he's got to iron out is his body shape. Mm. He doesn't receive the ball, he's not, he's not, in the right position mm. quite often so he he, he, he's, he doesn't turn the right way mm. he's, he, he has to adjust before he can start doing something so be it's on a slight thing, sort of yeah. thing it's a slight thing he said but it's easily coachable but the way he travels with the ball he's got an eye for a pass he does given how young he is I don't know how many times he's been booked in an Arsenal shirt yeah. he doesn't make crazy rash challenges mm. like Shaka uh, yeah. you know, and uh, what I liked, I was saying to you off air, is like he did it. He had, did an interview on Arsenal.com earlier on a few days before the the, the 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 clash, and he was saying he he's got that self awareness to know where his deficiencies are, yeah. what he needs to work on, and and he he pra- a lot of the kids do praise Unai Emery and the coaches for that that kind of working with them and trying to get the most out of them. And I think that in two or three years' time. You know, the more games he gets, the more power he, he as he grows into a man, yeah. the more powerful he becomes. He's going to be one of the top players in the Premier League and possibly in Europe mm. if, he goes, if he goes on the way he's coming. I it's agree. It's interesting you mentioned Charlie East because he was quite vociferous <laughs> last last week <laughs> suggesting that Guendouzi was not a player and wouldn't yeah. be the complete midfielder at Arsenal that, like you're saying, a lot of people think he will be. Humble pie, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and Didier Deschamps obviously rates him as well because he's brought him in to the squad to replace there's Paul There's a Pogba. man who knows a little bit about playing midfield. Mm. Absolutely. The water carrier himself, he's going to play in those games against Albania and Andorra, I believe. In terms of the French setup, you think he's ready for that? Well, I, get, I think he's been promoted from the under-21s due to somebody being injured, hasn't he? So he wasn't going to be in the squad. Paul Pogba's out, yeah. Yeah, so he's been promoted. Oh, crikey. There's some shoes to fill. Mm. Um, well, for France. Well, if they're, fr- they're both friendlies as well, aren't they? So he will probably get some minutes. He'll get a chance And it's good prove. for him to be in that company. Yeah, because there's some cr- <laughs> yeah. World Cup winning players. Exactly, the majority know. of them probably World and Cup he, winning and players. And he seems inspired by being around really good... I mean, he loves play, being with, you know, Lacquer and... Auburn, and I'm sure with the French team with all those World Cup winners it, it, it's, it's, it's something to aspire to it's inspirational do you know what I mean he's like a little kid isn't he yeah there's a great you know? there was a great tweet I saw today where um, being around you say about being around Lacassette and particularly Aubameyang when he turned up at Arsenal he was in like you know that Adidas t-shirt mm. two for £15 from Sports Direct <laughs> and a crappy old tracksuit today when he turned up at Lafont- where is it Clairefontaine mm. he had a Dolce Cabana black shiny <laughs> thing he's, he's, he's just spending time with Aubameyang <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> been Aubameyang <laughs> yeah, he has been a Bamiyang, definitely. <laughs> what they're uh, saying that is. Yeah. But no, he's just, he's a super confident young man, but not overconfident, as you say. He's aware hes aware of his limitations. He's aware he needs to work on things. And I just think, you're right, Giles, I think the, 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 he's got such a high ceiling. Mm. Where does he rank, do you think, in terms of youngsters that have come through at the club? Well, he hasn't come through. Sorry, not come through, yeah. youngsters that are yeah. at the club. Um, I think he's got a ways to go to be anywhere near Chess. Chess Fabregas. Chess Fabregas was, he's unique, wasn't he? Really, um, one of the best I mean, players. You, I've, one of the I best mean, players look, I've ever seen in Arsenal. You've shirt. seen Liam Brady yeah. come through the ranks. You've seen lots of really, really. I mean, Rowcastle. You know. Mm. Um, All right, I'm old. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. We understand. Um, yeah. No, I. I think. Uh, I just think. Well, it's just something infectious about him. It's just you're always on the front foot, mm. always looking to go forward, and you know, that's what you like. You know, if you're a central midfield player, I think the. The traditional box-to-boxer, like a Frank Lampard, or you know, they're not around much anymore. Mm. Everyone has to have a, or oh, he's defensive, or he's he's a cam, or whatever. I just think Guendouzi is an all-round box-to-box midfield player in in a in a in an era where there aren't many of those around. Mm. 
You know, there are not many box-to-box midfield players in the old sense, like a Gerrard or a Lampard. And he is that type of player. Mm. What he needs to, obviously, add is goals. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, he does. Right, we're going to be talking transfers next on the Arsenal Fan Show. This is Love Sport. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Biddle, here with the guys from Gunners Town, Giles Anyam and Dave Seeger. We've got about eight or nine minutes left of the show. And, fellas, it's happened. One of the most abominable of exchanges in football history is over. 18 months later, Syria have swooped for the swappers. <laughs> Henrik Mkhitaryan and Alexis Sanchez applying their trade in Italy. Mkhitaryan leaving for Roma on a season-long loan deal today. Mm. The difference is Man United are still paying most of Alexis's wages <laughs> and they yeah. can buy him for two million. Mkhitaryan, they're paying his wages. And also, I noticed, I think, I think someone saw a, a funny tweet earlier. Alexis scored five goals in 50 odd games. Mkhitaryan actually scored nine and 10 assists. So it wasn't, statistically, he actually wasn't mm. the disaster perhaps some fans thought he was. Oh, no, he was. He did them all in that one game. That first <laughs> yeah. game against Everton, he had like four, four assists and two goals crazy, or something, wasn't didn't it? He? And you all yeah. thought, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, we got done with it. And all United fans thought, that's exactly what we thought or we knew that was that was capable within Mkhitaryan but obviously Jose Mourinho just battered well, Char- him into Char- the ground Charlie obviously knows people at Colney and that and mm. he said that someone was standing next to Wenger he said this on the show didn't he mm. that when he signed the first day at Colney Wenger, Wenger just turned around to this person and said Rolls Royce Rolls Royce of a footballer mm. he said it in a French accent mm-hmm. but no, that, that, I mean Wenger thought because he wanted him before he went to Man United mm. yeah God knows what happened to him. Mm. It's a shame, right? Because yeah, he's a not, he's a likable yeah, chap. He is, and he dreamed of playing in the Premier League. He did a great article with the Players Tribune, I think, mm. when he first joined Manchester United, and he said how much of a dream it was for mm. him to play in the Premier League. And with regards to the swap deal itself, we love a swap deal. Yeah. And you thought of Cole and Gallas and Matic and Louise between Chelsea and Benfica and yeah. Ian Wright and some weights with Greenwich Borough <laughs> back in the day. But those swap deals were great. And it was quite exciting, really, that this swap deal was happening, regardless of the fact that there was so much money involved with Alexis Sanchez's wages at Manchester United. But you thought, here we go, it's an old-fashioned swap deal. It just hasn't worked out. Just sad. And it's funny that they're both going to be f- f- playing against each other in Italy. I mean, yeah, I was... By the time Alexis Sanchez had to leave, I was kind of... I was I reconciled in my my mind that okay he had to leave I didn't want him to leave originally because I just no, thought that we lacked that but that then, kind of but player. Then but I think it's easy to be oh yeah you just Arsenal fans just mm. saying that but I think most of us had seen the turn in form mm. you know I think we all thought the fact that he hadn't signed a contract he only knows how to play at 100 mile an hour so mm. it wasn't going to make any difference but it did make a difference mm. and his selfishness got worse and worse mm. his passing his distribution everything about yeah. him is that last he the, checked t- out, the tail end he? of the last season and then the, up till January we were relieved to see him go and Man United fans seemed to be delighted because they, they were thinking of the Sanchez who played the three, three previous yeah. seasons yeah. he wasn't that player when you signed Footballed him Footballed out yeah, yeah and, and although that, he did play quite well for Chile this summer I yeah. understand the thing about Mkhitaryan is for the kind of player he is, what he produced was what you expect a youngster to produce. Yeah. You know, one good game, then kind of peaks and troughs and then maybe kind of goes off the boil or whatever. He, he never produced that consistency. All I wanted was sevens out of tens every week. I never got that. Well, maybe, never got maybe, that. maybe. There was a spell when he came back from injury, wasn't there? When he really played quite well. that first game last season against that we lost to Chelsea, mm. him and Awobi wide, that well, yeah. got something here. That mm. looked really good. Mm. But I just think maybe he needed... Maybe he's the sort of player who needs to be playing in the same position every single week and know he's going to play every single week. Some players do. Don't, some players need that arm around them. You're mm. going to be playing on the right of a three yeah. every single week. 
Yep, indeed. You know. Well, here we are, fellas, on the 2nd of September. The European transfer window due to close very soon. You'd imagine there'll be no more business. Kalechi and Wakali, of course, yeah. have mm. gone to Huesca. Huesca. But, but mm. when we look at the business now, are you happy with that in terms of the outgoings? Iwobi, Bielik, Koscielny, Espina, Jenkinson, Asano, Monreal, Connor Cohen Bramwell's obviously gone. Uh, Lick, Lick Steiner, Welbeck, Ramsey. El Nenny. El Nenny mm-hmm. today as well. Eddie Nketiah obviously on loan, but interestingly doing quite well at Leeds. Yes, dial him up for if you want to go. I, I, I was looking, somebody, somebody uh, put up the <laughs> 2017 Cup final team. Few, I think it might have been Matt Lott. And I think only, I think only um, Ozil and one other player holding, but he's injured. Mm. And possibly Bellerin, maybe. Bellerin was, was yeah, there. there's only three, three players remaining from that club. team. From two years ago, so wow. in 26 months, it's a high turnover, a real high turnover. But also, the, I mean, someone tweeted, I think it's like it's a ridiculously amount, ridiculous amount of money off the wage bill. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, about 700k or something. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw 900,000. Yeah. But the thing is, what what we now know is if we're there or thereabouts in January, what we now know as a club is we will be able to go out and strengthen yeah. if we need to, yeah, and we will. We've yeah. seen that the yeah. way that Raul's. Sanielli, or I never know how to pronounce it, it's working. Yeah, yeah. We, we're going we're gonna to do business in January if we need to. Mm. And I think that's quite, that's a confidence thing now. Yeah. If we can get holding Bellerin and Tierney in the side by, let's just be conservative, mid to late October, mm. and we're in the top four at January, we can go out and strengthen to go three, get, you know, get, get third place, I mm. think. And I'm not sure that we would have thought we'd be in that position. Mm. It's phenomenal, the mm. amount of business we've done. Because there's nobody, in, Nacho's the only one I'm thinking, oh, that's a shame. Because... I mm. just think he's better than Kalazanek. Mm. I'd rather have Nacho as a, as a substitute left yeah. back than, than Kalazanek. Mm. Will he get a send-off, do you think, at some point? Like a goodbye? I thought it would have been on Sunday. I, I think we wanted to keep him yeah. for Sunday's game and right. Sociedad. There's rumours, because what's strange, a lot of fans are saying, well, hold on a second, why do we make such a fuss about getting a fee for, uh, for Shelney and yet we've let Nancho, Nacho go for a packet of Nachos? But um, it's because I believe we've been given a um, Head, yeah, first refusal, first refusal on two of, of their young players. Yeah, something think. like that, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. But Nacho's been, honestly... Yeah. He, he's been our most consistent player yeah. year in, year out for a long time. Yeah. Mr. Unsung. Yeah. Unsung, Unsung yeah. hero. And just before we go, chaps, in terms of the position that you mentioned, Dave, that you're in now, the top two, Liverpool, Man City, streets ahead of the rest. But in terms of the best of the rest, are Arsenal there? I think we're in with a big shout. I if, think. We, if we don't, I think it's Emery would go. Mm. We are, we, they've given him everything to mm. compete for third or fourth. If we don't finish in the Champions League, he won't be here next year. But I genuinely think third is there for us. Yeah, Because I think Spurs have got problems. Mm-hmm. Pochettino's mm. obviously not happy. Big you know, his body language is awful. You know, Whatever's happened with Ericsson, there's no relationship there at all. He's got no relationship with their best defender. Alderweireld's on a free at the end of the season, so they'll probably have to sell him at Christmas to get something. So they're not, they're not in a great shape. Man United, they've left themselves very light, I think, on the bench. You know, Arsenal's bench is still mm. strong. I think Man United, you know, when I look at the central midfield players at the club, I think, you know, Fred's still there. What does he do? You know, Matic, he's old. You know, he's not looking great. McTonomy's a good player. Pereira, Pereira's a good player, but there's not a lot of, you know, it doesn't frighten me. And Chelsea, obviously, we know Chelsea's problem. So, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're, we should be. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying this in, in May, but mm. yeah. We're in, we're, in, we're in the, firmly in the discussion. Firmly in the discussion for top three, top four. Uh, and if we don't, as Dave said, then that rolling contract will end at the end of the season. Yeah, so. Leicester, Leicester's, Leicester's the one I think are going to mm. be in and amongst it. 
Yeah, they I could think they will definitely yet. challenge. Just, yeah. And they've got a good squad now. Mm. They've got a very good squad, a hungry squad as well. Mm. I think that's the important thing. And that's what Arsenal have got now as well. We go back to Guendouzi. There are hungry players there that want to perform at the highest level. And mm. you've got young players who are good enough and want to play. Mm. And we'll, t- we'll, we'll, you know, Nelson, if he gets a chance, Martinelli, if he gets a chance, Willock has already proven if he gets a chance. Yes, Smith, Smith Road to come back, although I understand people are a bit concerned that he's lost lost something in his injury. Mm-hmm. He's looking. I was t- talking to uh, Tim Stillman actually, mm-hmm. Chief, and he went to the under twenty three game. He just said he was. He looked like a. He looked like he just wasn't up with the pace of the game at all. Really? Looked like he'd lost a yard of pace, which is worrying. But yeah, a lot of good young mm. players. There's a pathway now for, for these guys to sort of make a name for themselves. There is a massive pathway for these guys to make a name for themselves. This has been the Arsenal Fan Show on Lost Sport. The guys from Gunnerstown, fellas, it's been nothing but a pleasure as always. Giles Anyam and Dave Seeger. Thank you, Matt. I've been Matt Beadle and I will be back very shortly because we've got the Brentford Fan Show with the guys from Besotted coming up next. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. 